having a, an interview with you that day and it's like oh okay cool cool then uh later on that day i saw the or like that week right you posted the picture. yeah a couple yeah a couple of days after it. yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be recording the the session so oh basically uh have you heard of we the switch podcast I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've seen it. I, I, I've seen some. I've seen. I've heard some. Because uh, Jeffrey shares it sometimes. Definitely. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, um, we we like to talk about like positive things that are going on in the community and uh, positive people, and not just positive people, just people in general, right? Like people who are going through their day things, man. And and at times we go through struggles and tribulations, and we have uh, dreams, we have aspirations. And I'm rapping right now. <laughs> no, but uh, there's a lot of things going on in our lives, man. And, and uh, one thing Switch we like to do is, like, we like to talk about how we switch it up in our lives. So we can come up with, like, a, a better you, like, uh, going into your dreams and, and, like, or just knocking things down that goal for you, you know. And, and I saw you, dude, and I'm like, man, this guy is doing a lot of things. Um, I, saw, I was looking at your video that you posted on Monta, right? yeah uh, for that for the instagram page and then you have your own personal page as well so i was Correct. like looking at all your video clips i was like man that's that's amazing that you're doing that uh earlier in my life i actually when i was a, a little kid that was one of my dreams i was a video producer like a, a director correct yeah. one of my dreams <laughs> yeah damn man that's crazy yeah so now that i'm seeing people doing it man i was like amazing like that was at one point in my life that was one of my dreams that i was like dude I was looking at your videos. It's like, wow, he has a lot of like, uh, like you're doing a, you have a whole set, you know, the whole group there. And correct, uh, yeah, yeah. And 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 for this season of the switch, man, we wanted to talk about like uh, different things that, like, if there's a main goal for our, our season this year, and we're gonna talk about things that we can control. Correct. You know, and uh, as far as that goes, there's like a, eight topics within that control. Like control, like the main thing. What can we control? And then there's like eight different things that we're gonna talk about. But we're gonna today. I'm gonna talk about that as well. But then I'm also gonna talk about. First, I want to talk about your background. I'll talk about like what inspired you. Um, how do you control your your creative side when isn't when it when it's time to create and be like the director? And how do you control your environment to motivate the people around you to like? And that's all cool. But I want to get more into details about that. Yeah, yes. no, definitely. I'm excited, man. I really, I'm really, really happy. I really, really enjoy those type of conversations. So, so you were originally from Laredo, right? Laredo, Correct. Texas. Yeah, yeah. I was born in Houston. Uh, I was there for like just like the 40 days that I was born, but then I, but I was raised here in, in Laredo, Texas. Oh, so I actually lived in Houston back in 2000, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was born in 2000 over there. Yeah, it's Bel Air Hospital. That's where I was born. And I saw you that day. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, that's me, bro. Uh, yeah, I was born there. I left to Monterrey. I was raised there in Monterrey for three years. And then when I was three, we moved uh, here to Laredo, Texas. Uh, until And then until, like, I was about to be 18, I moved out to, to L.A. L.A.? And so how old are you right yeah. now? Like, 22, 23? 19. 19? 19? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you, how old are you? And I totally forgot, but you're 19. Man, that's amazing. Definitely. Yeah. I turned 20 this August. So it's scary. I don't want to, I don't want to go into the twenties, but. Hey man, it is 20, it is. it's like, it's like a, you go to 40. I'm 42. Yeah. Right? I'm going to be wow. 42. You don't soon. look, you don't look 42. <laughs> man. I thought you were like 32 or 33 around there. I'll take care of myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. man. So Jeffrey's the youngest one? Or yeah. Jeffrey's the youngest one. I'm the oldest one. And then my brother, oh, he's the middle one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I'm 19 still. Still Damn. there. About to keep the teens. That's amazing, man. So you took off to LA like when you were about 15, 16 years old? Uh, about to turn 18. About oh, to, yeah. About you've been to. there for a year. Uh, it's about to be two years already. Yeah, no, oh, okay. Okay. I thought you said four years. I was like, whoa. Like, yeah, no, no. Okay. Yeah, and it's about to be two years uh, in August already. Time flies by because I had 2018 when I moved out over there. So it's, it's, cool. It goes by really fast. And how's, how's it over there, man? I know, like, it's, it, I mean, the people's different, the environment is yeah, different. I, I love it, actually. It's, yeah. it's, it's a very because when I got there, it was a big shock, like a cultural shock. You know, there's a lot of diversity. Uh, but I think, I mean, being here in quarantine for two months in Laredo, I'm <laughs> like, damn, I actually really love. I really love Laredo. I really enjoy it. You know, it's like really? I got here the first few weeks and I didn't like it. I just didn't like being quarantined here. You know, because there's not much to see. The weather's really hot. Yeah. Uh, there's no diversity. You know, you just interact with like the same your own diver your own diversity. Same environment. Uh, the yeah. same environment, yeah, and I, I wasn't enjoying it, you know, but then I just got used to it. I'm like, okay, Laredo's not that bad at all. I actually really love it, you know, but I mean, at the end of the day, Laredo's actually what always inspires me to do stuff, Laredo, so I mean, at, at the end of the day, I still love Laredo, you know, but the big, I think the big city is what's for me right now. Things change, know, you know, but as of now, the big city's for me. I had a similar experience, though, when I moved to Houston, it was a very, like, culture shock thing. The reason I moved over there is because I wanted to study audio engineering and production like music production and yeah. then i was kind of dabbling with video production but it wasn't as as hot as it is right now because back in the days it's limited technology but i was that was my main goal man so i was i was over there I was like man this is so different like just the the people is different you know there's all kinds yeah. of asians there's white yeah. uh, african-americans or, and then people from all over the states in houston so i'm pretty sure you're going through the same thing in la and um I mean, but the weather's better, though. I know that's definitely. for sure. Yeah, definitely, for sure, man. Uh, I, I know I shouldn't be saying this, but I, I, I'm excited to go back just because uh, the beaches are open. And, I mean, that's oh, the one oh. thing I can enjoy over there. Uh, here, I mean, things are opening up, but there's nothing. There's really no, nowhere to go. So. Yeah. So um, so what kind of inspired you to go into this whole, like, uh, video production, man? Like, what, what kind of, like, from what inspired you and, like, what kind of led you to like where you're at right now? I mean, it's just little steps here and there, right? But I'm pretty sure you can put it in a, in a, like a, maybe like go, go, go back, like as far as you can think. Yeah. Like, hey, first time this is what it triggered me, like to really go into that, bro. Yeah. No, it's actually weird because when I got to film school, I didn't know much about films. Um, it was always uh, like, how can I say? It was, it was never really films. It was always like YouTube videos. Okay. And when I was, 12 or 13, which was 2012, 2013, that's when YouTube started popping off a lot, you know, like YouTubers and stuff like that. So I was always watching YouTube videos. Um, and I was like, damn, I want to make YouTube videos. Um, and I started making YouTube videos with my iPad and they were like Mexican skits and they blew up on Facebook. I had like 50,000 views, somehow like 10,000 views, but I really enjoyed the process of like doing different characters and just editing it, you know, and adding like the sound effects and you're like, like you're that. just that's you're where it all your imagination you're just using your yeah just just my imagination that's where it all started i think that's when i was like when like editing really triggered me i was like damn i really it was really nice you know coming up with stuff and then just putting it in there and, and coming with something up and people enjoying it um that's when i was like damn you know and then my dad started seeing that i was getting views i was like oh wow you should really get into it you know you should really really uh get into it i was like yeah definitely and then I did a short film in my backyard, 
just like nine minutes and it's like five different characters and I'm like the five different characters. You're the five different characters? To- <laughs> yeah. Dude, dude. And I was the cameraman. You're not going to believe crazy. it. I have a film that I shot back in 1998 and I was like three characters, bro. Oh, shit, man. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. I can trust me. Like, it was, it was just doing everything. I had my sister uh, help me out, you know, just put like the reflector or like the a diffuser. Oh. The camera, yeah, and then I had uh, I was wearing my dad's outfits, my dad's clothes, it's like baggy, baggy. clothes and stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, really baggy. Um, when I did that, I edited it and it took me like a month to really edit it. And then I sat down and I shot my mom, my my dad, and my older sister, and Andrea, my, my younger sister. I sat them down to watch it and they really enjoyed it. They were like, Oh wow, like you did that, they really enjoyed it. And I'm like, My dad was like, was like Man, you should really pursue this, you're, you're really good at it, you're really good at it. I'm like, Damn, I should, right? And that was, I think I was 14 at that time. And at that time, I was like, damn, this is what I really want to do. And after that, it just kept on going. You know, I kept going. Um, sadly, and when I was 15, my dad passed away. So that's oh, when yeah, everything kind of. Sorry to hear that. No, it's part of life. You know, it's like I tell yeah, people yeah, it happens. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, uh, we're all going to die. You know, sooner or later, it's, exactly, it's something. Exactly. Death yeah. is inevitable. It's always behind us. You know, it's mm-hmm. always chasing us. Um, so, but I stopped, I stopped doing videos for a month. Um, and then, cause, cause it was, but then I was like, no, like I really have to, to go and get it. Cause my dad was always telling me that I was good at it. He was, was like, like the, the, he was the cheerleader in the back. Like, Hey man, go yeah. ahead and do that. Like motivate Yeah, me. definitely. And believe it or not, my mom as well, you know, she was, I would always put on my videos on Facebook. They're, they're <laughs> still around there. I need to look for, cause I, I put some private videos just cause they're, yeah, yeah. they're embarrassing. They're a little bit embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, we, we all go through that, man. Come up. Yeah, <laughs> and she was there. Um, and then uh, the the cool thing was, like a couple two months before my dad passed away, I was making money off of you off of YouTube. I made like 40, 60 bucks. And then I showed my dad, and then he was like, "Oh wow, that's when he was really pushing me." I forgot to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I saw that, and I'm like, "Dad," but it was never because of films. It was never really because of films, you know. It was always because of like just creating magic and just with my imagination. Uh, and it wasn't until like I was in high school, like I started doing football videos for United South High School. Uh, people started enjoying them and I really enjoyed them. But then after that, I just kind of got a little bit bored, started looking more into like uh, the short films, the story side of it, you know, then that's when I started looking uh, uh, into films a little bit more. And that's when I got to LA. Um, and a lot of people were talking about like Quentin Tarantino and Stanley Kubrick. I didn't, I had never seen any films. You're like, I don't I, know who they are. <laughs> yeah, no, for us, I hadn't like, I would always hear, I would always hear about them, Pulp Fiction. I'm not a big fan of those films. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of like American films. You know, I really like enjoy. I like watching a lot of foreign films uh, just because of the way, you know, and you've seen uh, like the things that I like doing, you know, Mexican Americans, yeah. American films d- don't tend to do that a lot. Um, so I never, I've never watched a lot of, I've never watched most of Clinton Tarantino's films. Not going to lie. So to this yeah. day, you know, people talk about them in film school um, and things like that, you know, but it doesn't really matter, you know, because you just find your own voice and it goes on to that. I, I think so. Like at a, at your age, your creativity is at other like level. Like you're just searching for your own creativity. So you really you don't even go to reference to other people's work because then it kind of takes away from your creativity. Yeah, uh, I actually I, I actually like that you're saying that because um, I don't even watch films anymore, to be honest. I honestly yeah. it, it's weird when I want to watch a film. Uh, my wife is like, hey, let's go watch a film. I'm like, all right. <laughs> You know, let's go watch it. Yeah, but you have like the like, oh, I want to go watch this film. It hardly ever happens anymore. And when I was a younger kid, I was all into like, uh, you know, like the films like Terminator and like, yeah, like, Platoon and stuff like that. 
But then, like, nowadays I see movies, like, man, they just don't drive me anymore, you know? So it's really hard yeah. for me to find a movie that drives me. So the next question I want to ask you is that what inspired you to, like, go into the route of, like, the Mexican-American uh, theme? Because I know yeah. that in a few, like, the short film you shot with the, with the young lady with the little boy. Correct, you know, correct. Right? Yeah. And, yeah, great, yeah. That was pretty amazing, dude. Like, you did that. Like, it was a short, that was a short film right, right there, right? Correct, yeah, correct. That clip. That was yeah. like a like a two minute three two minute, minute yeah run right, right there yeah it was and in Mexico I like, yeah I was like dude you actually shot it in Mexico yeah it was, it was like a super crazy story you know I was like yeah, tell me tell me about that tell me about yeah, that yes so, so it was uh I had to submit a film for UIL UIL film oh so what, what school were you at anyways when, when you were uh, in United South yeah man I couldn't see uh, it yeah <laughs> yes sir yeah so yeah, man, always, dude. I'm always, always proud of the South Side. I still have a sticker of United South in my truck and have it in LA everywhere I go. <laughs> You're like, are you like a Black Panther? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was uh, for UIO Film, I had to submit a film because uh, I had to submit like two or three films and I'd only submitted one or two. I was missing one, but that's the point. And my teacher, Mr. Adispe, he, uh, he was reaching out to me like, hey, you have to submit another film, man. Like, we want to see another one, you know? And I'm like... Yeah, I mean, I was down in Mexico. It was Christmas break. I had oh, my man. camera and my microphone. Um, what else? That was it. I had the camera and the microphone. Everything was at hand. Just the road microphone and the, the, the A7S2. And I told my sister, like, yeah, I have to submit something. Let me write something. And I didn't, I didn't know. I just didn't. I, it just wasn't coming together. And then I was outside. My mom was selling. She was selling, like, a mercadito, you know. She was there selling clothes. And I was like, damn. Like, my mom's always been selling stuff, you know, since we were little kids. Siempre se ponía afuera. She was always outside selling stuff you know and i'm like damn, i've never seen something like that you know like from the films that i've been seeing now because that's when i started getting into film i haven't seen something like that i was like maybe i should just you know like go into the journey of like uh, of a mexican lady you know just kind of going through life you know what it is for for them like the struggles you know out here in mexico so i told my sister let's go to the mercado it was like two blocks down um, and was like, all right, let's, let's act as if we're going to sell, but we're going to, uh, we're actually going to film. And we just started filming. It was two, three hours. And that was it, you know? Seriously. Yeah. That's... We just got it done. I was like, let's do this. Let's... It wasn't the best. The actor? How did you get the actress? Oh, my sister. She's my sister. I told her, let's go down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I told my neighbor, uh, if I could borrow his little, the, 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 their little kid, you know, Tino. And I put him on there, you know, I was like, let's go, man. Let's just do it. You know, let's Bro, just you, you were creative and you were resourceful with what you had. And that's yeah, something man. I love it, bro, because I can reflect with that. Because when I was a kid and we used to make movies with my mom's uh, camera, yeah. we were resourceful. Like, whatever we had, like, let's make a movie. Let's get yeah. that as a prop. Let's get you as a prop. Like, you're a bystander. You know, you're an extra. <laughs> you're the, you're the, the, the antagonist. You're the, like, we would do stuff like that. So yeah. I love that, bro. I can I, re, I can relate a lot to that. So, but then you took yeah. it to the next level because you were actually out of town. You were in Mexico. Like some people could could have been, you know what? I'm out of town. I can't do it. But you were thinking outside yeah. the box, and you were like, you know what? Let me switch it up and let me actually uh, make something happen. And it took you three or four hours, but you were enjoying. I'm pretty sure you were enjoying. The yeah, definitely, of course. Yeah, no. Every time I'm directing or assistant director, well, not much because assistant director is very stressful, but. Uh, mm -hmm. directing or just uh just being on set whatever it is like i just enjoy it like, i think it's 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 my happiness you know that's my haven um, and i think that's one of the things real quick before like going into the the, the question that you asked um yeah. that's one of the things that i tell people like yesterday two days ago i was talking to to my <clears throat> to my friend 
um, and she was asking me, you know, like about creating and I, and I was telling her, I don't think it's, I don't think you could just sit there and stay, I'm going to create this, you know, I think it just comes naturally sometimes. You just, it just comes from the heart, I think. And I think you notice things when you notice art that comes from the heart and you notice art that doesn't come, come from the heart. Like, you know, when someone did that from the bottom of the heart, and I think that's the, the best art, you know, I think it's just a side thing, you know, I think at that moment, I just didn't think about like, damn, I, it just came naturally after just seeing life there. It just, just came into my mind. You were very present. Yeah. Right? For a young age, I think that's uh, very uncommon. Correct. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of kids are like sidetracked by, like, let's say you would have been on the phone and been interacting with somebody, you like, wouldn't have thought of that idea. Yeah. So yeah. you were like, let me think of something creative. And Correct. You know what? And it came to you a good story because it's true. Like, who tells us that story? Like, you hardly ever hear of that story. So yeah, no, it was amazing that you were able to put it into a short film, like a short film, and then actually present like a good idea for somebody to be captured. I thought I was like, man, I want to see more. You know, yeah. that's the yeah. key. Yeah, but that's yeah. good. You, you created that that necessity for the viewer. So I love Definitely. that. Yeah, no, no. And then the the question was mainly uh, for the mecca. You you might ask you a question again, so I could go towards it. Sorry. The what? The what? The question, I kind of missed it, just because I knew you asked a question on how I oh. went vent ventured out onto, like, Mexican-Americans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, what ventured you out to, like, be inspired to to actually go into that theme of uh, using the Mexican-American heritage culture and, yeah. like, focus more on that, like, now that you're working towards, because the Aguanta, right, is the new one that Correct. you up with. Um, Correct. It's, I saw those, those clips, too, as well. I was like, man, that's it, true. Like, we have a lot of stories that haven't been told. And I like yeah. that you're tapping into that uh, that trajectory because they have to be told, you know. And I think the best right. person to tell it is somebody who actually lived in this area and actually yeah. lived through those experiences. Not exactly because I mean everybody has different experiences, even in the in the in the border area. But still, yeah. you were able to present a story that is it hasn't been told yet in that fashion. Yeah. Because I mean, there's a lot of border stories, but there usually is people that are not from here that when i see the story like eh, the, the slang is they're mainly done yeah. yeah yeah they're mainly done by by anglo man uh, so it's a little bit you know like a different perspective yeah. um, i think i think it all started thanks to my my mentor uh, felix hernandez he's a graduate from ucla uh, major in uh, political science and i think minor in uh, latin american studies and chicano studies okay. um he was the actor in in aguanta oh okay uh, okay he, he's the one who shared and every day, at least once a week, we have a conversation about Mexican-Americans and the history and what's going on right now with Mexican-Americans. For like a quick example, you know, it's Spike Lee, he's, he's, come, he's coming out with a new film, uh, the, the Five Bloods. Um, and it talks about the Vietnam War and the African-Americans, you know, and the frontline uh, soldiers. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, you know. And you see any other Vietnam films, Vietnam War films, they're either going to talk about the African-Americans or the white, the Anglo man. And believe it or not, just like when on the interview, you, you, on the, for the documentary, Gabriel Lopez says, you know, Mexican-Americans are mainly the backbone of the military. We're always the front line. You know, we're always the one to go up there first. So it's like, I see the trailer, the Spike Lee trailer, and I'm like, interesting, damn. But like, there's no film of Mexican-Americans in Vietnam War. You know, there's no hero. Like, believe it or not, you know, we have Roy Benavides, who was awarded medal of honor we have a lot of mexican americans who are awarded medal of honor and they're never presented in uh in a film you know we always see like a white american an anglo man as our hero you know but we have a lot of mexican americans who are also our our heroes you know who fought for this country 
So that gets me to think like, yeah, I'm like, wow, that's, that's one of the motivation that pushes me to really go there and damn, okay, this guy made a Vietnam War film on African-Americans. I'm going to make one, but it's going to be on Afri um, Mexican-Americans, the frontline uh, military men that were, that were there, you know, in combat. I love that. I love that. And so I was like, if he made one, I have to make one, you know, and you see uh, Saving Private Ryan uh, or any, any World War II film. It's all Anglo man. So I'm like, if, if those guys are making uh, white American films, you know, for the Anglo man, you know, then I have to make one for my Mexican American people because we were also there and they're not putting yeah. it there. You know, we're, we're like represented enough. Correct. You know, so so those are the things that inspire me. And believe it or not, September of 2019, a year ago, no, like uh, July of last year, 2019. That's when I said I'm Mexican American. Before that. I would always consider myself Mexican. I never considered myself American. It wasn't until I met Felix that he really started sharing all this knowledge with me and like our history and just my mindset just got, got programmed differently. You know, I started thinking differently and it's like, damn, I am Mexican American. And believe it or not, I got this tattoo right here that says Mexicano. And I didn't get the American part because I just thought I was Mexican. But now I'm getting the Americano. Americano. This, uh, yeah, it's Mexicano, Americano, you know? Mexicano, Americano. Um, yeah, it's, so it's like, I like when that. I got it, I, I was that. like, yeah, man, it's just got to represent, you know? And I think just when he started sharing all that history with me that I didn't, I was not aware of, you know, I was not aware of uh, Mexican-American lynchings back when, uh, after the Mexican-American war, there's a lot of lynchings uh, for the Mexican-Americans. Uh, yeah. I've seen that, some that, pictures. Yeah, that, that are not in the history books. We have a lot of, uh, I have this history book. I brought it because I was going to mention it. My sister, she's uh, in college. And she yeah. has this history class and it's called uh, Give Me Liberty. I was going over it. Okay, and there's finally some things about Mexican-Americans here. But this was just published recently. But if you go to like our history books when I was in elementary, if, I don't recall seeing any Mexican-American history on there. It was mainly, we, it was usually, the only thing I remember was the Alamo, Alamo. War. And that was in seventh grade. That was it. Santa Ana. Uh, those are the only things that I remember. And it's very vague. Like it's, it's not vague. like it's just like a generalization of everything, and then they want you to summarize and like, oh, just take it for what's what it's worth. When in reality, there's a whole like Bible on that, like a whole big book. Correct. You can go into it. Definitely. Yeah. So, and there's yeah, this man, book. It's it's crazy because now I went to this book and I was like, let me see if the zoo rights are in here. But believe it or not, there's only like three pages that mention us here in this book, even though, but they still talk about some things, but still, it's still crazy. The good thing is that they talk about the Zoot Zoot riots, you know? Uh, and that was a thing that happened in, uh, during World War II, you know, when Mexican-American soldiers came back into the United States of America, you know, after fighting for the country. Uh, and they would dress up like pachucos, you know, with baggy clothes and things like the, that. The belts, yeah. Yeah, the, everything was baggy. And that was kind of being a rebel, you know, because we were kind of being very rational with stuff, you know? Yeah. So what happened there was like a couple of days, those riots, uh, a lot of Anglo men started, you know, uh, they started, uh, what's it called? They started punching, you know, they started going against a lot of Mexican Americans. Like attacking them. Attacking them in LA. And a lot of those things aren't in there, you know? Uh, we also have the Chavez Ravine, you know, where the Dodgers stadium, it used to be uh, a big community with Mexican Americans and they promised them land. They promised them lands when, when they were going to create that Dodger stadium and they it was not given to them. They were just left out on the streets. Mexican American. They took their land. Yeah. A lot of houses that were there. It's like here where I live in my mobile home, we know all, all this area, you know, they come in here they say, we're going to give you money, uh, but you guys they, get out and we're going to construct and they didn't give us anything. 
that's not in the history books. You know those things. Oh, dude, I didn't uh, know that. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. So, so there's this book that I'm reading called Stealing Home. Well, I finished it already. Um, and that, and and I, you should. It was just published a couple two months ago. Um, and it talks about a lot of Mex, uh, Mexican American history. You know, it talks about the lives caught in between here in the of, of Mexican Americans here in the United States. And it's very eye opening. You know, it really expands your knowledge and uh, your history. You know, and I think at the end of the day, you know, that's what's made me, you know, pursue Mexican American, you know, to really know my, my history, you know, cause it's like Jeffrey said, uh, and if you go to Mexico, you're not Mexican. If you're American, you're not American. So it's like, what are you, you know, you're, you're Mexican American. You're, you're like a, you're a product of the two countries, you know? So you got to know your history. And that's something a lot of people don't know here in Laredo, Texas. I believe, you know, a lot of people my age, I post things on Twitter, you know, and a lot of people don't interact with those things. Yeah. You post, uh, it, it, but if I post a selfie of me, you know, like on my face or if I, or my sister posts a picture of her body, you know, that's, that shit's going to get a lot of retweets, a lot of likes, you know, exactly. but I posted the, the, the documentary on Twitter. Not a lot of people talk about it. Not a lot of people retweet it, you know, cause it's, it's, I think it's just ingrained in us of like, just, you know, like following celebrities, the angle, man, this, these movies, these artists, all these things, you know, we're not aware of culture, you know, of like true culture or true, true art. True culture. I true think that's the, I like the word true culture because they're we're assimilated into this box and then we they want us all to be like in the inside that little box. Everybody packaged the same, packaged the same ideas, packaged with the same philosophies, but then they don't want us to like really look into the outside and be like, oh, yep. shit, this is where I'm actually from. This is where I'm actually. This is what, man. I don't even know Spanish. You know, somebody might say yeah, that, it's, or it's I don't really know that language. And, and it's yeah, no, it's a lot of cultures, man. I always, man. Yeah. You see it with Asian Americans, you know, African Americans, you know, they forget their culture when they were brought here, you know, but yeah. they're not, they're, they were brought here into the United States of America. Um, and one weird thing about that is, for example, Mexican Americans, if you see uh, the, the film La Bamba back in 1980, I'm, I'm not sure what year. Yeah. Like 80. It talks about Richard, Richard, Richard Valenzuela, uh -huh. Richard Valenz, right? Valenzuela. But his name was Richard Valens, right? Because it's like American. The, the whitest version. So, of yeah. Dude, but you see, that's about a Mexican American, and who well, the one who played it was a Filipino American. It wasn't a Mexican. Not even a Mexican. Yeah. It's like cool. how how is that possible? And then you see Selena, the movie, right? And it's for, and Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican, and like how, bro? Like she's like no, like stay true to it, you know. And it's like yeah. that's one thing I hope hope never happens with me, and I hope that I never commit those errors where I make a film Mexican American and I have another a Puerto Rican, or I mean, I wouldn't mind it, but that shouldn't be like that, you know? Because the hey, story is about Mexican American. I'm right here, man. I can. Act. Yeah, man. There you go. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind, man, for sure. Seriously. Seriously. No, really. I'm, I'm coming down. Hopefully, if all goes well, I'm going to film my thesis film down here in a year here in Laredo, Texas. So hopefully yeah, that is a possibility. And, you know, uh, but, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's the thing, you know, Mexican-Americans are always pushed aside and we accept it, you know, just because of other culture, you know, that we're brought up in, you know, and we never really see our true culture that we really are, you know, and people just mm -hmm. accept the way it is. So I think that's, that's why, you know, I want to, and I, I'm always going to pursue, I think I really don't see myself doing anything, any other things, you know, aside from Mexican Americans, or, I mean, I don't see myself doing any uh, Anglo history, you know, I see myself. Yeah, well, doing why? There's, a, there's already too much of that. A lot. Yeah, yeah. man. It's, I did this short film back in, and I have not posted any, anything about that one because it's still in, in there, but it's in Korean and Spanish. It's a mixture of both. You know, it's not in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I'm, I mean, I see everything in English. I've seen a lot of stuff in English. So like, wow, I mean, I want to switch it up, you know, 
I went to Korea last year, backpack traveling. Yeah. And, and it was, it was just eye opening. It was like a big cultural shock, you know, and it's always like that language bird. So I'll, I'll be posting about that short film soon, you know, but what no, I'm trying no, to say no, here no. is that, uh, um, I think I, I'm never, I mean, I'm not going to say never, you know, cause things happen, things change, but I don't think of doing uh, any Anglo thing or any English speaking, mainly English speaking films, you know, it's either going to be in Spanish a mix of a mixture of spanglish or any other language in the in the no, world where people no, are not no. aware of you know a lot of people don't okay. have the privilege to travel to, to korea to nepal uh, to mongolia to uh i don't know europe you know a lot of people don't have the the, the privilege so might as well just bring it to them in, in packaging in, in a film you know where they're able to learn about those cultures in the film wow that's that's an amazing 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 idea, man. I love that. I love that you're gonna. Do yeah, that. no, thanks. So that's the idea, you know, of like continue to pursue the Mexican American history, you know, heritage, everything that has to do with Mexican American, and still combine a bit of of other cultures aside from like the United States of America, you know, like other like that, other dude. countries. That's amazing. Hold on, hold on, real quick. Hold on. Hold no, on. no worries, no worries, brother. No worries. All right. Um, Sorry, dude. Work. No worries. I have no to worries. go back to work at one. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. No worries. Hey, real quickly, uh, I love everything you're saying, man. I'm going to go a little bit to details on, on your creatives part. Like, also, when you get into your working environment, right? Because, like, obviously, sometimes you're the director, sometimes you're the assistant director, like you said. How do you control your environment so it can be popping and, and like, flow? Because I know that's hard, man. You're controlling a lot of people and trying to get the yeah. vision out, you know? So well, how do you do it so that, and, and how do you get into that? And, and, and do you have a routine for that? Correct. Yeah, no, I, th I think it's always, I think it comes down to like a balance, you know, knowing where to mm -hmm. balance your, your creative side and your leader side. You know, I think a lot of people forget of that uh, being a director is a leader, you know? I've, I've been on sets where a lot of directors are not leaders, you know? They're more of a boss, you know? They're kind of just, just bossing people around and they're not being a leader where they're not inspiring other people, you know, to really pursue okay. what it is, you know? Um, and I see that a lot on sets, you know And I mean? And it's sometimes because they're so young. I mean, I'm so young, you know, but I mean, sometimes they forget the, the being a leader part, you know, being a director. And I think that's a really important uh, asset to being a, a, a great director or just being a director in general, you know, being a leader and knowing how to uh, travel with uh, a lot of different personalities, you know, cause it's like 30 people that you're dealing with. And just being able to inspire others while you're inspiring yourself, you know, to keep creating that art, you know, um, usually always, uh, well, what I always do a day before, you know, to feel inspired, I always watch a film. I always just watch a film, you know, whether it's, uh, it's usually like my favorite films, like the same ones, either it's like Bicycle Thief, uh, uh, Tambien, or it can be. Oh, I love you know, that. I love that one. Yeah. That one. Or, or any Bong Joon-ho movie, uh, any of his films, because recently I've been watching his, I've, I've watched his films and they're like very <laughs> mesmerizing. So I think, watching any of those films is really an inspiration for me and that serves me to really be there and I think at the end of the day is never forgetting who why you're doing it like the why you know when you're on set because it, it gets stressful at times you know there's a lot of questions and problems come up it's kind of like creating a business you know but it's for a couple of days or for like a month or things like that um but it's always remembering the the why and why is it that you're here on set why is it that you're telling this story like what was it that inspired Inspired you a year ago, a year ago to really write that story. Uh, I think that's that, you know, more than anything, remembering the why, you know, why I'm doing it and <clears throat> balancing uh, being a leader as well, you know, because under stress, you know, cause sometimes we forget and we're just, we have an attitude. But I think uh, at the end of the day, just having a great attitude and just having that leadership mindset. Wow, man, that's good, good. So, and, and then like, 
do you, are you really structured with your routine or is it like blocky or is it like very very strict or how do you how are you with your routine yeah, so, so when you say i'm well, um, on set or yeah like to get things accomplished let's say you're you're writing a script or or you're right, you're, yeah. you're um you know what do you like every every day at eight o'clock i wake up and I'm, I'm like the first thing that i do is like write down an idea that i have or, or something like that yeah. I mean, what do you do to get like the creative side uh, or do you have a, uh, a strict routine on that or is it just like how do you get inspired or what yeah. do you work the best I, in your routine i think more than anything i, think I, I wouldn't say i have a, of a routine you know i think it's just kind of like how the day goes you know things thoughts just come to my mind but i always carry a, a notepad with me like a journal like i have this one right here there's like tons of things that i write on here like notes um and anything that comes to mind you know i just write it down on here like i'm like the documents kind of like ideas um let's see it's like a lot of stuff like little notes here and there you know that I, that i write for for myself uh just a lot of stuff you know that, I, that i'm always writing um and, I wouldn't say there's of a of routine. I think it's more of a just kind of a, lifestyle. A lifestyle, yeah, a lifestyle. You know, and because like uh, you're more, you're casually writing ideas, writing notes because that's part of your your uh, it's already in, in your in your routine. Like that's correct. Like, like you carry that with you, and you're normal occasionally writing notes and ideas. Yeah, and it's always I think what inspires me a lot is looking at paintings. Looking at a lot of paintings really inspires me in a sense of like cinematography wise of like how I want films to look like looking at paintings. Um, and then another thing is like when I'm outside, just li listening to, to earth, you know, just listening to like the birds, the dogs barking. Um, and like, okay, like this is where I'm from, you know, like this, these, I, I don't get these, these, these sounds anywhere else, but here, you know, exactly. and that's what inspires me for like to, to show more Laredo history, more Mexican American history. Um, that's one thing, you know, um, another thing is looking at like just, think looking at my mom just looking at my mom and just like whenever she's cooking uh whenever she's eating you know or whenever she's like on her phone just like like she brought me into this earth you know and like i have a mission you know it's like the i, I only have one obligation you know and that's to pursue my, my own destiny you know so like i really don't have anything else to do but just be uh keep creating you know so i think it kind of like it goes back to just kind of being a lifestyle you know it just happens uh, naturally I love that, man. So you're, you're I, I, like, what I'm picking up from what you're saying is that you're uh, sometimes, like, like I said earlier, you're very present around for your surroundings. And then you're aware that this is not um, everybody's normal. Like that's your normal and you're able to captivate that. And because you're going to use all that knowledge for your film because you use details and you pay attention to like the way your mom speaks, the way your mom moves. And that's, you're going to use a lot of that in your film because yeah. you want to bring a lot of that out because that is the the normality for us here in the border. Like, that's what we see. Like, I'm pretty sure your mom and my mom have a lot of common you know, and um, a lot of the moms here in Laredo, they're going to be very similar. Not exactly the same, but they have similar backgrounds, similar roots. Um, actually, my mom is from No Laredo, but my okay. grandma, which is her mom and, and my grandpa, who were, they're passed away already. They're actually one from Fudurango and my grandpa's from Zacatecas. So oh, okay. they, they bring different backgrounds as well, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, the way they were raised in Olarello, then the way that we carried over like, to the States, we, I still ha have a lot of those memories. And I talk to my kids all the time about everything we used to do when I was a kid and yeah. how they would, how they would uh, treat us and how they would have a, like a, a, like the eating habits. And it was just different, man. You know, like compared yeah. to how we are nowadays, like we have microwaves. <laughs> yeah instant yeah. food and and it's like 
it's different. Very, very different. Yeah. I think that's one of the things, honestly, that really inspired me just being present, you know, and just also like looking at the, not seeing the news, you know, but looking at history that's ha happening today that will be history later on, you exactly. know, like what's going on right now in this world that uh, we could talk about, you know, that we could really put out there, you know, through film, you know, through, through stories for people to see, you know, because I think storytelling is a very powerful tool to really uh, manipulate people in order to make a change in this world. And we know we should learn how to use that, you know, in storytelling to really make changes in this world. And that was, I was going to ask you that because um, you said a key, a key word there. And one of the main questions that we have for the switch is like, where do you get your information? And you already kind of gave me some of that because of the, the, the feedback you were giving me from Mr. What's the name again? Uh, the, Felix. Felix Hernandez, uh, yes. Felix he's one, but then you have, I'm pretty sure you, you go to like certain news outlets or you have a, who feeds your information and how do you digest all that information? Because I'm, I'm, now you know where the information you want, but how do you, I mean, how do you keep up to date with and news and all that stuff? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I, I think first it's always, uh, from I think social, I wouldn't say social media, you know, but I always go like on, I mean, and I think that's something nowadays, you know I mean? It's not like back in the days it would have been newspapers, you know, nowadays mm -hmm. it's social media, you know? So whenever I see something that's trending or something that's really, that's happening right now, and I see it on Facebook, Twitter, and, 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 uh, Instagram, I let it sit down in my head for like a day or two and just kind of think about it and debate, you know, kind of understand both points, you know, like both, uh, both, uh, perspectives, you know, cause there's always two sides of the story. Um, and then from there, I'm like, okay, I to kind of start going into like, uh, different news. I was always like checking out Fox news just because you know how they are. I always <laughs> like seeing what it is that I always like seeing their perspective. Why is it that they're coming? What, like, why are they saying that? You know, I like understanding them and see like why. And then I like watching, you know, whether it's NBC or, or CNN, just to see why is it at the end of the day, I don't believe both of them. You know, I think it's just yeah. full of, they're both full of shit. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of, uh, they're always controlling us and they control a lot of people, you know? They control the narrative. Uh, yeah, honestly. And, and I think that's, I, I see that, you know, and I understand. And then I just make my own stuff. Like in a, in a sense where it's like, whatever's best for my people, you know? Okay. I see whatever's best for my people, whatever benefits us most, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to put out there, you know? But it's always, I'm not going to lie. I always like looking at Fox news just to see what they have just to see yeah. what they're going to say. Uh, Cause they always come up with some stupid stuff. They're very uh, exaggerated. They're, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, both of them are like CNN and Fox. Well, exaggerated two extremes. Yeah. So then you just got to make up your mind and come up with like with the best solution for having all that information. Cause most of it is just exaggerated. And yeah. And I think uh, false narratives, it, you know, it, it falls narrative. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, I remember I do go to uh, BBC or NPR uh, here and there, you know, just to see guys, I think that's a more biased, uh, source outlet, you know, like where, where you can really get like a biased information and not like a left or a right information. So I kind of go into that, you know, that is that, uh, for example, on the film, I want that, you know, it talks about duplications, you know, and I have to look into the facts. I did look at like a Fox News, CNN, and then BBC, uh, NPR, and then just doing research, you know, on different websites and things like that. Definitely. That's good, man. I love that. Yeah, man. So, and that's kind of like, I want to ask you more questions, but it's gonna, I'm going to run out of time, but no, no, definitely. I, I think no I have enough to like, because what we're going to do is that we're going to use clips, audio clips from this conversation that we had today, and we're going to put it on a, on a series that we have for this season that we're going to work on. And then on top of that, I'm going to have the whole interview on a separate platform, but it's, it's also going to be connected. It, I mean, so we can have the whole interview, but then we're going to use like clips from what we talked today. 
and we're gonna yeah. like, and I'll let you know. Hey, hey, uh, Felipe, we're gonna come up with this in uh, this uh, episode, and you 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 make that episode or this whatever. Like whatever, uh, we're gonna take some okay. kind of like a highlight reel of like different people. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna come up with like ideas, and we're gonna try to put a like a whole series together. We're actually gonna put eight episodes, so that's the. That's okay. The okay. No, man. I'm. Um. It's an honor to be part of this. Uh, this season. Really, really appreciate it. It really is an honor. Really appreciate your time, Eric, and just letting me, you know, like uh, spread some knowledge and just talk a lot, a little bit about the history, you know, because if it, if it were on the news or if it were, I don't know, like Jimmy Fallon, they only give you like eight minutes to talk about <laughs> whatever it is that they want you to talk about, you know, it's not yeah. controlled. So, I mean, if at the end of the day, you know, whatever happens, I'd prefer these type of interviews than, than being on the news or things like that, because these, yeah. you're really able to expand on a lot of things. Yes, and, and that's really this, appreciate I it, think this is what the switch is about, man. It, also, my own, my own personal uh, podcast, which is Infinite, it's called Infinite Talks. I just okay. talk about, you know, this is what the shirt means, infinite. And then yeah, oh, the, actual, okay, okay, yeah. the, the logo actually means That's love. Cool. Oh, it's okay, the, okay. It's like the audio, like I recorded audio oh. that love. And then my, my homeboy Sketch, Sketch83, he's oh, like, wow. I'll, I'll work I'll work out a logo for you. And he drew, drew it out for me. I was like, man, that's beautiful, man. Like, I'll keep that. Wow, so, that's amazing. That's a great idea. Dude. That's an amazing idea. I love that. I love that, man. So it can mean that. a lot of things. And I love that I can expand on that. So. I love that I was able to talk to you today, man, and share some some great, great talks and, and be a part of the podcast, bro. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing you grow. And whenever you want to back somebody back, and whenever you need an extra or a good actor right here. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll definitely keep that in mind for sure, brother. Oh, man, for real, man. So it was, it was an honor, man, interviewing you. Uh, I love that you have good energy and you have a, a good um, – perspective on what you want to do in your life so nothing but love and respect for you bro and and uh, you know make your dreams happen and keep on working hard though definitely thank you eric really appreciate it once again you know and same goes to you man if you ever need anything just let me know i'll be around you know um whether in la or here you know just like i told jeffrey just let me know and and uh and i'll do whatever i can in order to, to help you guys you know Sorry, dude. Anyway. <laughs> no worries no worries <laughs> Hey man, but yeah, dude, uh, I loved it today. And then uh, whatever you need to, like whenever you need anything, just holler at me, man. I'm, I'm always available. I'm accessible. So yeah. For sure. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Really appreciate it, man. All right, bro. Keep on representing over, over there in, in Hollywood in yeah. Los Angeles. Hell yeah, man. Hopefully, you know, slowly but surely, you know, slowly but surely we'll see more uh, Mexican-American films. Yes, sir. And oh, when is the Wanta going to come out? Uh, so the idea, hopefully by the end of this year, it'll be on uh, streaming platforms. We're, sure, we're still not sure which ones. You know, that's what we're trying Perfect. to figure out right now. Uh, see which one's going to buy it, you know, but that's the idea by the end of this year. Uh, hopefully, you know, I'm giving myself December just to go a little bit overboard, but it's, it's out on a, on a streaming platform. I love for people it. to enjoy. Once it's out, I'll let everybody know so they can go ahead and check it out. Yeah, maybe we can do another interview by then and, and you what? can talk about it, you know. Definitely. Right that would be amazing. Out. That would be amazing, great. man, just to put it out there, promotional. Really, really, that would be amazing. All right, brother. Stay blessed. Stay love. And switch it up, bro. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Really appreciate it, man. God bless. Thank you, man. Thank See you, you soon. All For right. sure, man. Thank you. Bye.